With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Scott Erickson. Welcome to episode one of High and Tight on Game Time CT. This is going to be your go-to spot for weekly baseball updates from all the Game Time CT people. I'm going to be hosting the show along with my buddy, Pete Pagawaga. Pete, how are you? Good, Scott. Thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited about our, our new endeavor here. Um, we're going to try and bring you guys the best and most you know, in-depth uh, high school baseball coverage across the state. Um, you know, I figure we're going to hit, we're going to hit best teams, players, obviously uniforms, and of course, our favorite concession stand foods. Obviously. We're going to be talking a lot of concession stand foods. I'm not going to lie. I haven't had a pretzel yet this spring, and I'm a little disappointed. I haven't had a hot dog or a pretzel yet, so we got a lot of catching up to do. We do. But we will. Uh, Let's start with a big thing that happened last week, and that was, of course, the FCAC-SEC challenge. Yes, that was huge. Um, Obviously, a dominant performance by the SEC. Um, what was it, 11-4? to Yeah. 15 games, two other games got pushed back. Uh, real dominant performance by, uh, you know, the conference that claims to be the best in the state, and they, and they really showed it this first week. You know, what I liked about this is that these teams really take this seriously. I mean, this is these are April games. These are non-conference games. You can usually run out kids that aren't your best starters, but we saw good pitchers. We saw good performances. Notre Dame West Haven through Mikey Sansone against West Hill, which... I think was you know that and the Staples Xavier game yeah. were the two best games of the week. Yeah, I mean, and even Jack said it. Uh, Staples coach Jack McFarland said it to Aaron Johnson after the game. Like they take this very seriously. Yeah. And uh, you know the competition between the FCAC and the SEC for us is fun because you know we get to kind of watch you know from afar. But these teams take it really seriously, and uh, it definitely showed this week with all the games. I mean, there were some really close games, back and forth games. We saw the best players for each team competing and playing. And, uh, you know, just went to the SEC this year. You know, what I think what you also see is that these are clearly right now the two best baseball conferences yeah. in the state. You know, there are some other really good Up teams down, yeah. around the state. But when you look at the depth of the leagues, they're really good. Yeah. And I think what you're going to have in both leagues is they're just going to beat each other up this year. Yep. And you're already starting to see it, you know. And if you get a team out of one of those leagues, they're going to be like a mid-range you know, a, yeah. a seed in yeah. the in the thirteen seed from the SEC or thirteen seed exactly. from the FCAC is going to be a tough out. I mean, what happened last year was, you know, when Staples won the title, obviously they they came in as what the eleven seed yeah. last year, and they had to play four FCAC teams and an SEC team to win a state title. That's what you, have you to know do. what I mean. Yeah. I mean that that's not that's not an easy job for anybody. And uh, but they're like we said, they're bat. You know, teams like this are battle tested, and especially when they pack their schedules like this. You know, they're ready to go. I mean, you look at even like Fairfield um, Fairfield Prep. They played Greenwich in their SEC game, but they opened with an FCAC opponent anyway. Right. And, and Danbury. So, like, these teams are, are stacking their schedules and preparing themselves for a long run because 20 wins in the regular season, 18 wins in the regular season is great, but it means nothing when you get to the state tournament. You have it's to be nothing. prepared and you have to be ready. Yeah, I mean, I think what Prep does with their schedule, what Amity does with their schedule, they don't schedule cupcakes when, no. they, when they go out in preseason because they know – 
They know they're going to win enough games to get into the tournament. Mm-hmm. They want to be battle-tested yeah. when they get there. And these are the games that do it. I mean, West Hill, Notre Dame, West Haven, that was like a playoff game. That was a great game. I mean, like a, a playoff yeah. game, really. And, you know, Xavier Staples, too. Um, you know, some of the games need to be cleaned up a little bit. But I think you're really seeing two conferences at their peak right now and so many good players, yeah. especially on the mound. Yeah, and, you know, you brought up Notre Dame, West Haven, and West Hill to talk about a playoff game. I mean, that was the most bunts I've ever seen in a game in, in <laughs> April all year. I mean, they weren't that good of bunts, yeah. but they were playing for every run in that game, which you don't normally see in April when teams are just trying to figure it out and kind of, you know, figure out who fits where and you want to see what everyone's got. And both of those teams are, you know, West Hill, it was the second inning. Right. And they got two across, they got two on, and they want more, you know, because they know that they have to win this game and, you know, they really want to win this game. Obviously, kind of did play into their favor, but... Notre Dame West Haven was bunting guys over, and it was very interesting to see it playing like a game in June, and we're in April in thirty in thirty degree weather wearing beanies. Right, and Sansone goes the distance. Yeah, I mean, like, how often do you see your your ace or your second ace or whatever they consider him up there going that deep into a game and, in April? And I, I would say there was no way that kid was coming out of the game. Yeah, you know, like he was going to stay in the game. He wanted that game. It means a lot to the kids too to to have the bragging rights that I play in the best oh, conference. Like, you no I, question. About I posted it. on our Instagram. You guys should follow at Game Time CT uh, during the previews. I was posting uh, your SEAC preview, my SEC preview, and it was like Staples, number one team in the state. Who's going to knock them off? And like you had, you know, kids in the comments are being like, they don't play in the S, they don't play in the SEC, or you know, some kid even said like, who's Chad Knight? And it's like, well, if you don't know who Chad Knight is, like, get lost. <laughs> right. But you know, there is that competition between the kids, and there is the bragging rights that go to it. Even though the SEC had three teams in the in the finals last year and one champion because one played the other. Right. Staples winning that D, uh, that Class L game was great for not only Staples, but the entire FCAC to finally knock off Amity. Yeah, it, it, I think, you know, when Ward lost and Staples lost, it starts to build up. And yeah. someone had to beat Amity eventually besides yeah. Cheshire. Yeah. <laughs> and they did, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that kind of brings us into what Amity this year has already lost, what, two? Two, two games. Two, yeah. Um, but those games were to really good teams. Yeah. And eventually you think that Amity has to take some kind of a step back. But we thought that a couple years ago. And they went in as a low seed and made a huge run through the tournament again. Because, again, all that matters to Amity is they get into the dance. That's all you have to do. And then they can run I spoke to Sal earlier this year and before the season. And he mentioned, look, we're losing seven or nine guys. It's not easy. But it's all about getting them ready. It's a 20-game preseason. Yeah. You know, because think about it. All you have to do is win eight games. Right. It's not hard to get into the state tournament. Right. Right? So you win your eight games, and then you're gone. And then, and then you know, if you're if you're a better team in May than you are in April at the end of May, then you're then you can do anything you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to get hot going in. You want to get better as the year goes on. You don't want to take a step back. And you see that sometimes when these teams come out and they go seven, eight, no, and it's like, oh, they're great, it's awesome. Then it's like once they get to say tournament, it's like they're kind of run down. I will say we're talking about double L. We're talking about SEC, FCAC, but. There's two teams in Class M right now yep. that seem like they are just on a collision course for a championship game. That's Waterford and St. Joe's. Yep. Waterford, obviously we don't talk about them as much. They're mm-hmm. a little bit out of our range. But they got Mike Burroughs. They got Walker Sutman. Two guys going to play D1 pitchers. They beat East Lime. They have a huge game this week coming up against Fitch. Yep. I think you're going to be there. I will make the trip up there. <laughs> that's a big one. Pete's going <laughs> to be in the house. Driving the whole hour. <laughs> and that's a big one. But St. Joe's has scored 13, 11, and 25 runs this year in their three games. 
Um, they're about to get into their FCX schedule, so we'll see what, yep. what they do against the FCX teams. But when you have kids like Jim Evans and Jake DeLeo and Owen Horn, they're deep. They're, they're, deep. All, they're all juniors yeah. for the most part. They're always competitive. They're going to go into the Class M tournament battle-tested. Yeah. And I think they're one of the better teams in the FCAC, and I think they can win the FCAC, even though they, they are a Class M school. Yeah. But, yeah, those two teams in Class M. Um, and then we let's look at the poll a little bit more here this week. Obviously, Staples stayed up. Amity fell out of the top five for the first time uh, you know, since you were probably in college. No, no. We, we actually looked it up. It was 2015. So 2015. They went in at seven. Okay. They went into, and then they won the state title. So, basically... <laughs> When Amity falls out of the poll, I think that'll be newsworthy. But until then... <laughs> I don't think they're going out of the poll. Maybe they will. I, no, maybe they I, will. I highly doubt it. I think name recognition means a lot. And I think in baseball, even if you lose two games... That the baseball poll, we'll get into that more later with the baseball poll. Well, that's an interesting point about it the baseball poll. So let's talk about the other team that shot up the rankings, and that's Cheshire. Yeah. They were unranked. They go up all the way to number three. And then, of course, they lose one nothing to North Haven yeah. on Monday. So. That's just <laughs> but that's what you're saying about baseball. Yeah. But that one nothing loss in baseball is yeah, that's a game essentially that can go like anyway. Look, it can go either Cheshire way. is super talented. Yeah. You know, we've talked about them. Um, ben DeLabelle, and I covered Ben when I was at the Record Journal when he was basketball, baseball last year. I said this at the, the Notre Dame-West Haven-West Hill game to a Cheshire fan. I was like, no, that's not true. I think that Ben is the best player in the FCAC that nobody's talking about. Yeah, you know, SEC. You got, SEC. You know, yeah. you got your your Eddie Sweeney's at hand, and you know Pat Winkle and uh, Will Lucas from Fairfield Prep. You got these great baseball players, and you got a guy like Ben, who you know played at Cheshire. They kind of had a down year last year. Kids going to West Point. Kid rakes at the plate. He's their ace. You know, he beat Amity earlier this year. The kid's a gamer. Um, I've had the pleasure of talking to him a handful of times. He's a gamer. He's a pro. And, uh, you know, if he's leading the way for Cheshire, when he's on the mound, it's going to be very hard to beat them. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that Will Lucas is really good at baseball. Yes, so I wanted to get into that because I, <laughs> shout out to me for completely leaving Will Lucas off my top five players. Oh, uh, egregious, egregious. Yes, yes, yes. He, but I, I mentioned him right at the top because I was like, I really want to include him, but I couldn't. And then I saw him against Greenwich, and the kid was unbelievable. Comes yeah. out of the bullpen. He throws, you know, a handful of pitches for strikes, completely shut down Granite. He can do it with the bat, and we saw that the other night when they beat Amity in extras. He came out of the bullpen, threw three innings, let up a hit, and I think he had like three or four hits and had the game-winning hit. And he's an excellent shortstop. Game-tying hit in the sixth and game-winning hit in the seventh. Yeah, yeah. eighth, yeah. eighth, yeah. Or the kid's eighth, a gamer. Was, yeah. I think he's, I believe he's going to UConn. I have to I check I think so. Um, Get a kid's UConn a gamer. tracker, yeah. Kid's a gamer. And uh, I shout out, sorry, Will. That's on me for for leaving you <laughs> off. I'll wear that early. The kid, he he like it's like he knew that I was there, and he's like, I need to make Pete feel like an idiot, and he did. So uh, uh, but, that's possibly it, or possibly he's just really good. He all is the really time. good, yeah. <laughs> and he's like that old school. He wears like the eye black and the high socks. So you got you got you got to respect that. I gotta get a look at this kid. Yeah. I, I haven't seen him yet. Yeah, he's right up your alley, man. The high socks and the eye black. That's all about me. <laughs> Anyone that wears stirrups, I automatically oh, think stirrups, you're stirrups like, absolutely a little bit better. High socks yeah. are good too. Yeah. Uh, the other team I wanted to mention um, is Hand, who you know was getting a little bit of hype coming out, mm-hmm. but. Um, They've outscored their opponents 31-2 to in the first three games. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Obviously, they're going to have to run through the SEC like everybody else is. But they're looking really, really good. Uh, there could be some magic happening in Madison this, this spring. They're super talented. And the coach that I've talked to is like, they're always super talented. And they just some way can't um, put it together. And even last year when they beat 
Amity. Um, Eddie's, they beat Amity last year, which was a huge game, knocking off their streak. And then they lost Eddie Sweeney, yeah. who was their best player in that game, to a torn labor making a diving catch. Um, you know, you hear about a hand every year, lots of talent, lots of talent, lots of talent, lots of talent. And I think this might be the year where they put it together. Um, obviously, Eddie uh, coached, uh, when he sent his preview in, Eddie's fully healthy, yeah. ready to go. Kyle Schaefer was dominant last year. Um, again, when I spoke to Sal, he asked me if the kid had graduated yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, if, if Sal and Amity is worried about Kyle Schaefer, the rest of the league should be too. Yeah. Um, so, he's back. Sweeney's back. They have a lot of talent in Madison. I pick them as one of the teams to watch in the SEC because, you know, a lot of stuff with high school experience matters. Sure. You know, no matter how great you are as a player, having guys back who play, that's why even, you know, some teams, when they get better as the year goes on with an inexperienced team, you know, you kind of have to watch them because they got better throughout the year, but a team that already brings in that experience, even like a team like Notre Dame West Haven, you know, bringing back a guy like Mike Sanson, who had a .89 ERA last year, was on the New, uh, New Haven Rensher All Area team, having a lefty who's got a .09, uh, .089 ERA is absurd to have, and you know he's going to bring, he's going to come back and kind of do the same thing that he did last year. So I think Hand has the experience, and I think this might be the year where they, where they put it all together. Another team that didn't make the top ten, uh, but is similar to hand in my what I've seen. I've seen them twice already. Is Darien? Uh, they've won four straight. They got good pitching with Justin Jordan and Henry Williams. They just got big Sean O'Malley back, the football player who's been hurt, hit. and he can smack it. He's going he to play college baseball. Um, Darien's a team that again they never have superstars. They never have these guys that are on the All State team, but they're always there. They're yeah. always in the FCAC mix, and they're oh, I mean, haven't they? They, do, they haven't won the SCAC tournament. But they did. Like you, what? Two, uh, two, two years, years ago. ago. Two years ago. And then the year before that, they were the regular season. And, right. And Wilton won the and Wilton won the title the first time. Uh, well, 2015. But they, yeah, like you said, they're always in the regular season, you know, 16, 17, you know, 15 wins. And then it gets to the tournament and they kind of, I don't know, run out of gas. Yeah, I don't know what you could attribute it to. You yeah. know, it's just, it is what it is. But... You talk about their four-game win streak. They might be the only team in the, in the state to have a four-game win streak. They might be the only team in the state that's played more than four games. <laughs> well, having the turf <laughs> definitely helps them. Yeah. But... Speaking of that, I mean, we've had seven teams in the state who haven't played games yet. That's insane. That's insane. It's Hall, Enfield, E.O. Smith, Lewis Mills, shout-out to my, shout out to my Spartans, uh, Coventry, Hoosie, uh, Housatonic, and, and Wamogo. It's April 10th. It's crazy. And they haven't played a game yet. I was talking to Lewis Mills coach, Jesse Darcy, the other day. They're seven for seven in postponements. That's great. That's absurd. He says, you know, he's, you know, they're just, they're just waiting to get on the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they're going to be a week behind. And they're probably not practicing on their field either. Absolutely not. In a gym or something. Yeah, in a gym. And, you know, they, you get those first kinks out the first couple of games. Sure. You know, you look at a team like Darianne that's played five games. (laughs) And they're already warmed up. They're ready to go. And you look at, like, some of these seven teams and they, they're going to, you know, no matter how good you are. You could have the, you could be the best team in the state. You don't ever have enough pitching to play seven games in ten days. You don't, and also you're hitting. You need to be on the field to get your timing down. Yeah. So if you're not playing three, four games a week, you're just not getting the timing down. You can be in the cage all you want. Yeah. You gotta face live hitting. Yeah. These guys who haven't been on the field at all, they're at major disadvantage to these teams that are playing games right now. Yeah. There's not much you can do about the weather. There's not much you can do about soggy fields unless everyone starts putting turf down, which. Gets expensive. It gets expensive. Obviously, we're torn about. We're traditional baseball guys. We like dirt and grass. But 
when you play baseball in the Northeast, it might make sense. I mean, look, Norwalk, McMahon, Darien, they've all been on their field for a month. They've all been practicing. They've all been hitting live baseballs. Yeah. They've been getting all their games in. I know other schools in the FCAC are starting to talk about putting the turf in. And it makes sense. Hamden has turf, too. Yeah. It makes sense. I They did it at my high school a couple of years ago, and I played on it for like a rec game, and I was like, this is the ugliest thing in the world. Yeah. But when you look at it, and it's like where we live and what we're doing, you know, where we live in this country, it's like, oh, you kind of... You kind of need it at this point. And it's such an advantage for Darianne. Yeah. They huge. were able to move their FCX SEC Challenge game on Saturday, play as the away team, at home. and be the home team. Right. Not, not ride a bus to Guilford. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know, and they get home field advantage, even though they're the away team. Yeah. Oh, they just had to wear different colored jerseys. So what? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, even I was up in Torrington the other day. Uh, Torrington and Litchfield played last week. I went up there. Jeff uh, Jacobs did a. A great story on Brian Bassler, yes. who beat leukemia. And, and I went up to get photos and videos, and you know, I used to cover Torrington Electrical, so I stayed up for the game, you know, see what happens, and you know, kind of go to my old stomping grounds. And all of a sudden, I'm doing the book, this and this, and Torrington's the away team. Like, I, I wasn't paying attention. I'm like, oh. And it turned out Litchfield's field was, you know, bad, and they moved the game to Fusage Park, which was run by the by the city of Torrington, and they have college teams that play there. It's a very, it it's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, but that's an advantage of having a park like that. But not every school has that, right? And that becomes an issue this earlier in the year. Turf is expensive, yeah. And a lot of probably school districts can't afford it. Um, but I think that that's something that we'll see coming very soon throughout the state that we'll be seeing more turf fields. I just I think that I think it you have to do it at this point. I, I'm again I'm torn. We. They've been playing baseball here for over 100 years. Yeah. They always get the games in. Yeah. It always works out. Sometimes April's a little crummy. You yeah. know? And this April's really crummy. I mean, yeah. it's cold and wet, and it's going to turn eventually. But I hope that everyone doesn't go to turf, yeah. but I get it if they do. And it, you can't begrudge them for doing it just because yeah. your program functions better with yeah. it. Yeah, it yeah. functions better. It's easier. I mean, I even, you know, I was telling you before, we play. I play softball, and it's a turf complex. It snowed yesterday. It rained. The outfield's grass, but I play the infield, so it doesn't matter to me. Sure. Um, but it's all it, about you. Yeah, it is all about me. <laughs> Shout out. We won uh, both games, one in extra and one in regulation, not to brag. But having that turf, you're just always you're always able to play. You know what I mean? Like, when it rains and you have a dirt field, it's like you can kind of look outside and be like, alright, well, we're not playing today. Yeah. But when you have turf, it's kind of like you have a shot to play every game. Yeah. And I think that's a huge advantage for any program, and that's why maybe that's why Darian has been as good as they have during the regular season the last couple of years. Is they're always ready to go before everyone else. I think that's part of it. I think Mike Scott's a great coach. Yes, I, well, yeah. I, I think he gets those kids ready to win, and I think they have pitchers that just throw strikes. But being on the field, being on the field is, is, a the, huge, is the biggest advantage. It's a huge that advantage. Has, for it's, sure. You know, it plays when you can move games to your field to get them in they're always ready to play i think that's that's something that's and like you said mike scott's a great coach great guy awesome i love covering um played at uconn Darian games played at uconn another uconn yeah, yeah. shout out um, um so let's there are some good games coming up yeah. the weather seems to be okay i think by the weekend it's going to be 70 degrees no one's going to be talking about these 40 degree games that we, we hope so but it might just snow so who the heck knows all right we're not going to talk <laughs> about the snow Let's talk about a few games we have coming up this week, though. Um, Wednesday, out of our area, but Berlin, Weathersfield. Both these teams are getting a little bit of hype. Yep. Both have only played one game. But this could be a really good game uh, up the up Hartford way. We'll have to see. You know, Hopefully somebody covers that and, and we can get a look at it. Uh, Thursday, back down this way, Trumbull and Prep are, are playing. Uh, Prep, another game out of conference yep. against a really tough team. 
Um, and they've are they're perhaps four and zero, and they've beaten Danbury, Greenwich, and Amity already. I mean, that's that's a heck of a lineup. To, to the Will through. Lucas effect. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Wednesday up in the SWC, we got two and one Bethel and three and zero Milford, which those uh, new Milford, new sorry, Milford, yeah. uh, those two teams um, are looking to make some noise in their league and looking to crack the top ten. And you know, the SWC wants some love and. They had a good one the other day with Newtown and Bethel, and uh, I think you know one of those teams, two of those teams will eventually be in the top yeah. ten. Will be a the Bethel game, a state contender. Um, I actually have it pulled up on my phone right now. Uh, Tyler Davis with the with the game winning hit that yeah. night. We had like four or five walk offs throughout. Xavier came back on Notre Dame West Haven down four nothing with two outs, and they scored five runs to walk it off. Yeah. Shout out to the Falcons. Bethel came back to win. Brantford beat uh, North Haven one nothing on a wild pitch in the seventh inning. Yeah. I think they had to combine like four or five hits in that game. That's a great pitching matchup. You know, we've, we've seen a lot of these come from behind games this year, which I think is exciting stuff. Uh, another one, the SEC, uh, number three, Cheshire. They're going to be at Brantford on Friday. Brantford's two and Brantford's two, always a good but Brantford's good. Yeah. And they have three really good pitchers. I think that's going to be a marquee matchup. I think Brantford's going to be there at the end of the yeah. year. Um, two losses early in the season, like we said earlier. It's not the end of the world. And Saturday... This could be the game of the week, and then you're going to be up there, Fitch, uh, Fitch Waterford. I mean, Fitch is 4-0, Waterford's only 1-0, but obviously has some really good players. So they t- got uh, Waterford getting a lot of love. Yeah, tell me what you're looking forward to to go see that game. Uh, you know, I haven't, I've actually never been up to ECC country, <laughs> to be honest with you. Really? But uh, I'm excited to go, uh, Waterford, you know, defending M champions. Yeah. Um, a lot of love in the poll, and Fitch is just a great program. It's a story program. They're off to a... What are they? I have it written down here somewhere. They're four zero. They're four zero as well. Yeah. Uh, they're four zero. They're both undefeated as well. So it's definitely exciting. It should be an exciting early season matchup. Uh, other games that really stand out to me uh, out of our area: yeah. East Catholic and Northwest Catholic. Sure. Might not jump off, but they're playing at Dunkin' Donuts. They're playing at the Dunkin' Donuts Park. Always awesome. That's always awesome. I was there Sunday for the game. It's just a great field. And to be able to play there at a high school level is is pretty cool. And I love Palmer Field. Obviously, yeah. everyone knows that, yeah. but. We could have the state state finals at, at Dunkin' Donuts, and that'd as be long, pretty sweet. As long as they have Bear Smokehouse open in left field, like I'm down for that. Because the press box, press box at Palmer Field might be a little bit bigger. But uh, oh, really, I think so. <laughs> but uh, so they're up there at the Dunk on Thursday night, which I think is really cool. I don't think they call it the Dunk. That's the, the place in Providence. Well, you're calling it the. Dunk. I'm calling it the Dunk in Connecticut. The dunk. Um, I'll call shout it the, the donut. <laughs> shout out to my boys in the Birch League. Thomaston and Northwestern are playing Friday afternoon. That's always a great Birch League matchup because Northwestern is one of the bigger schools in um, the Birch League, and Thomaston might be the smallest yeah. true Class S school in the state. And it's a nice rivalry. You know, they when Thomaston beats them, it's like the little guy beating the big guy, and you know, it's always that's always a fun time. Uh, Thomason's off to a three and zero start. With yeah, they got coach. some votes in the in the poll this Yeah, uh, Thomason's always competitive. They have a new coach Pat O'Neill, who I'm pretty sure graduated like five years ago. Plus, they Thomaston have awesome high. colors. I love the brown. I love brown. Oh, I love brown. I don't know, man. I'm I know not a brown guy. I know, but I like I love the old Padres, Brunswick. I've always loved their yeah. uniforms. It's, that was always my favorite thing about Thomason was their their mascot, the bear, and those brown and yellow unis. I just love it. It's for something for some reason. I like that combo. Oh, absolutely, it's great. Um, and so you know, and the games that you mentioned. Also today, Wednesday, when we're filming this, uh, New Canaan and Greenwich are playing a doubleheader. Doubleheader, which yeah. I think is so cool because 
I mean, I remember playing like summer leagues as a kid, and we would play like you know the nine, nine, twelve doubleheader or whatever, and those and those were always fun. Yeah. So um, I mean, you know, that's always exciting. I'm sure these kids, you know, liked it. What is it? Uh, that old saying, "Let's play too." Yeah. So I think that's kind of exciting. That uh, and I think I'm gonna be honest with you, with the way that the schedule's going and the way that the weather is. The CIAC should schedule more doubleheaders. I mean, yeah. we should really schedule more doubleheaders earlier in the year. You know, you look at some of these team schedules. I was looking at Lewis Mills the other day. They have so many games in such a short period of time. Right. I mean, it makes no sense. Yeah. To be honest with you. But, whatever. Yeah, it could be fun. <laughs> it's a good idea. Run, there it is. We're right running, running up the flagpole. Yeah, that's team. right. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to Joel Cookson. See, I'll um, see what he says. Let's mention the no-hitters, and then let's talk about our, uh, our award that we're going to give out. Yes. Uh, so, no-hitters so far. We've already had three. Uh, one was combined. From Guilford, Noah Rubino and Tom Cariano. Uh, Jonathan Lopez threw one at Harding last week. And then Tommy Lee at Woodstock Academy in an 11-0 victory over Wyndham tossed the third one. So if you throw the no-hitter, send it into game yeah, time. Let us, let us know. We got the running thing on, on game time that updates mm-hmm. all the no-hitters all the time. Yep. So one thing we're going to do this week, every week, is give out our Dirt Dog of the week award. Yeah, so let's explain explain the dirt dog and, and what how do you win the dirt dog award? So dirt dog is not necessarily the best player. You know, you didn't you maybe you didn't go four for five or pitch a shutout or whatever it was, but you did the little things that matter in baseball. You made a hustle play, you got a bunt down, you made a diving play in the field. First of all You did the, something to change the game. Change the yeah. game and your uniform got dirty. Yes. And that's important to us. So yeah. And this winner definitely got his jersey dirty considering that they were wearing white. Exactly. Um, eventually, we're going to hopefully get some t-shirts made up for these and give them away. But for right now, it's just a, an honorary award. An honorary award. And then we will get into it more as the podcast goes on. So let everyone know who won the Dirt Dog Award. So the first winner of the Dirt Dog Award. Can I get a little drums? Eddie Zanner of Notre Dame West Haven. Uh, shout out to Eddie Z. Uh, son of son of friend of the program, Jimmy Zanner, who's a sports uh, editor, reporter of the Norwich Bulletin. Yep. Uh, Jimmy's a good dude, but... To be honest, we didn't even know that Eddie was his son when it, when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea. So basically, West Hills they already pushed two across in the second. They got first and second. Nobody out. They're threatening to really, you know, really give it to Sansone, who you know, like we said, is one of the best pitchers in the state. West Hill goes for the bunt. Bunt's a little high. Eddie's crashing from first base. Lays out. Makes the catch. So that's one out. Turns around. Fires it back to second. Boom, two outs, threat neutralized, next batter gets out. Notre Dame West Haven then comes back the next inning. Eddie Zanner with the base hit gets them on the board to make it two to one and then comes across on a Jack Malone uh, base hit to tie the game at two to two. Shout out Eddie Z, first dirt dog winner of the high and tight podcast. I think this is going to be an award that kids are going to really I, a start lot of to grit. want to get. Grit to win this award. I oh, need to be super gritty. Super gritty, like the grittiest. The, so gritty, <laughs> so gritty. So listen, um, keep following along. We're going to post these up usually on Tuesday. This one's coming out on Wednesday. We're going to try to get these up on Tuesday from now on. Uh, tweet at Pete or Scott at Erickson Sports uh, and use the hashtag High and Tight. And any question you have for the podcast, we'll read them on the air. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a nominee for Dirt Dogs, you know, we're going to try and get to as many games as we can. But if you think that there's a, someone that needs to be shouted out, tag us in on Twitter, comment on the on the post on the website. Or if you want to throw the hashtag, dirt, hashtag DirtDogCT, um, we, can, we, we can start pushing that out and uh, see where it goes from there. I checked that, check that hashtag, so there's nothing else there. I don't think anyone's ever used that hashtag. 
This was a lot of fun this week, Peter. I'm glad. I'm glad we got. We finally got to do this. I'm really glad we got to do this. Um, Listen, join us next week when we'll be back for more high and tight on Game Time CT. Until then, I'm Scott. I'm Pete. See you later. Later.